the boyfriend is uh, stating that I want all my biker gear now. And the defendant's telling um, the boyfriend, um, can you please be quiet? My parents are sleeping. The boyfriend says, I don't give a damn. I will. Uh, what time of the day or night is this? 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay, go on. All right. This is the plaintiff, Travis Ellis. He says the defendant is his neighbor. And one day she got into a physical altercation with her boyfriend behind his 2019 Honda Accord. In the melee, the defendant scratched the trunk of his car with her jewelry when she and her boyfriend were tussling. He has proof she promised to pay, but is now giving him a real runaround. He's had it with the defendant and has no other choice but to sue her here and now. For the $1,240.26, he's been out for months. This is the defendant, Angeles Guzman. She says her ex-boyfriend was violent, and yes, they did get into a fight in the street one day. But it was her ex who scratched the plaintiff's car, not her. This guy then sends her a bill for like $800 for the repair, and all these days for a rental. Why would she pay for something she didn't do? She's accused of not taking responsibility. All parties, please use your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Mr. Ellis, what happened here? All right, on March 16th, 2020, uh, around 2 a.m., uh, I'm watching TV. I hear a lo loud motorcycle revving in the parking lot. I look through the window. Then the defendant comes downstairs. She's talking to the boyfriend. The boyfriend's asking her, where have you been? You haven't been, You've been, ha you haven't been um, answering any of my texts or calls. You look coked up, you look high, you've been with someone else. And how come you haven't- You could hear all that? Yes. yes. And they're, yeah, the windows <laughs> are thin. <laughs> and they're pushing and shoving each other. And she's, and I hear a big thud there. And that was when they were fighting in front of the, the parents and the sister's car. I hear a big thud and I see them going the back and forth. The boyfriend is uh, stating that I want all my biker gear now. And the defendant's telling um, the boyfriend, um, can you please be quiet? My parents are sleeping. The boyfriend says, I don't give a damn. Um, I will... Uh, what time of the day or uh, night is this? 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay, go on. All right. Um, they're going back and forth. Then they go upstairs. They're, they're arguing, talking. Then they go back downstairs. And by the time they pass my car, they're tussling. And I hear a big thud. And then I, that's when I was on the phone with 911. And I also told my mom, I think they hit my car. I heard oh, that's when you were on the phone with 911? Not when they were tussling earlier? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to go outside. I don't know if they had weapons or anything like that. So no, I don't expect you to I go think, outside. I meant yeah. why, I, what I'm saying is, you know, you don't care if he damages her, but if he's damaging your car, you're going to call 911? I mean, you know, I don't know. No, go ahead. I, like if, okay. Um, so you know what they're I mean. going back and forth. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
they're going back and forth. Uh, I hear a big thud behind my car. I said, oh my goodness, I think they hit my car. I tell my mom, and that's when I call 911. I tell them the whole story, and then I- Can I ask you a question? Um, Are you able to see what's happening? Are you looking through the window and you're seeing what's I'm happening too? Yeah, I'm looking through the window and I'm seeing the whole altercation, I, and I was here looking, listening to her conversation. Because he was and making- do they end up on your car? I see them hitting my car when I when they were fighting at a big thud, and when I right. that's when I called 911. Okay, so here is where we have some pictures that you have introduced into evidence of a very very distinct scratch across the front of this is your car, obviously, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a scratch on top of the trunk, and uh, I showed you a second picture. Uh, it's above the it's above the Honda emblem. You can't really see it because of the lighting. Yeah, sometimes it's hard. Uh, oh, actually, I do see it. I do see yeah, it. Yeah, a faint scratch. It's hard to see, but I see it. Yeah, yeah so I asked wow. the officer. All right, Mr. Ellis, um, stop talking okay. for me. Ms. Guzman, tell me what happened here. Well, first, uh, hi. First of all, um, there was no way that he could be able to see anything because of the apartment that he, that he was. Then second, the car, the car never was hit. It was with a key that he did it. So it wasn't even a big sound and stuff like that. And the person, they actually called now. Wait, wait, I have a person. question for you. Why, wait, 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 stop. Why did your boyfriend mm -hmm. scratch the car with a key? He was just angry because we broke up. So it was first. You, wait, stop, 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 stop. Mm -hmm. Why is he scratching that guy's car with a key? Just because he was angry. Well, why doesn't he scratch your car or someone in your, like, I don't get why he's scratching a random car. He tried to put, uh, like, uh, he's a biker, so he tried to throw the, the helmet to my mom's car and my sister's car. And that's when that duration between me and him start. So, and the person that called actually the, the, the cops, it was the president of the, um, of the complex. Just a minute, there. just a minute. When and how does, I presume he's your ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah, it is my ex-boyfriend. When and how does your then boyfriend scratch this man's car? How does he do it? When in the argument does he turn around, walk over to a strange car and key it? Because no, I gotta be honest with you, it actually does look like a keying, but go ahead. Um, so while he, while we, he forgot to my apartment, I have to go to the stairs and the, stair, the car is parked right next to it. So me trying to run away from him, start, went, went upstairs and he just went and scratched the, the two lines. But it doesn't make any sense, Ms. Guzman. Why would somebody, when he's mad at you, what a violent man does is he chases you. He doesn't turn around and say, oh, just a moment, put a pin in that, let me take a key and scratch a neighbor's car. It doesn't make sense, what I'm hearing. So, but I gotta be honest with you, this does look like a keying rather than something else. It is a key in it. It was, I was there when But it you think that that means that you don't have to do anything. I'd like to talk about what happens when the police show up. Tell me what happens, Mr. Ellis, when the police show up. When the officers came, they were speaking to the to the um, the the defendant and her boyfriend separately. The the officers uh, was uh, talked to me and told me that asked me if I want to uh, press charges, and I told them yes. Then the defendant says, "Oh no no no, don't don't press charges. I'll take full responsibility." I asked her multiple times, "Are you sure you'll take full responsibility?" Yes. Just send me the bill, and I'll reimburse you for the damages. I asked her multiple okay. times, are you sure? And that's when they gave me the case number and they told me to have her sign a contract. I give her, uh, the next following day, I, I give her the contract. She says that she has, she spoke to her insurance provider 
or advisor and they told her not to sign it. Um, that's when I uh, already took the, uh, the car into the shop and I, I sent her text messages with the bill. I also sent you uh, pictures of the text messages. Yeah, there was actually, it was said. just some weird discussion where she said, I want to take it to whoever I want to take it to. I can get it yeah. done cheaper. You don't want to do that. Off. It's your car. No, it's up to you. You don't get, you're not going to have some alley mechanic take care of it in order to save her money. All right. Yeah, Talk to me and tell me, Ms. So Guzman. First what happened that the night case, when the police come? Well, when the police came, the police didn't even let him press charges because he tried to press charges. That was the one thing. And I have witnesses for that, too. He tried to press charges. He said that he, how he can do to press charges against that. And they told him there was a civil matter. Manners, like, it's, he has to go somewhere else. They, they wasn't able to do that. And then the thing, too, is, like, when I start um, asking me about paying him, you know what happened? That he want me to pay for his rental car. He want me to do this and that. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to talk first about what happened that night with the police. Mm -hmm. You tell the police, I'll pay. If the police don't care whether you pay or not, then why is it that the police are, and they're not going to arrest anybody? See, if you and your boyfriend are committing yeah, a crime, he, if you're beating each other up. Excuse me, excuse me. Do you hear me talking? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. So if you and your boyfriend are forming a show at two in the morning and you're and people are hitting each other and stuff is going on for some reason, it is in your best interest, whether it's because you don't want to get arrested or because you don't want him to get arrested, whatever the story is, you are resolving it with the police that you will pay for the damages. Please don't tell me that somehow I'm supposed to glean from that that the police didn't care about the damages. I think the police cared about the damages. And so what happens? You convince everybody, nah, nobody gets arrested, I'll take care of the damages. Oh, and lo and behold, what happens? After she does that, the next day, it's, eh, no, that's too expensive. Eh, no, I don't want to pay a rental car. Eh, yeah. This is how it happens. This is why... Not always the best idea to work it out on the scene because then you lose your leverage. You see, you got leverage at night and then you don't have leverage. But Ms. Guzman, let's you and I talk. What was it about Mr. Ellis's quote that all of a sudden make you, made you do the Michael Jackson moonwalk to get away from well, having agreed matter. to pay for the damages? It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, any person is going to sign a paper or a contract. If I want to go with advisor or anybody, I'm allowed to do that and by law. That's part of course you are. It. Here's the thing, though. No, that's fine. So you don't want to sign a contract. You might want to tell the people giving you advice, 
that you had already entered into a contract. I, I don't think you realize that what happened that night when you're talking to the cops and everybody's trying to calm everything, everything down and then the cops don't end up arresting boyfriend and blah, 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 what you're doing is entering into a contract. You're telling him, don't worry about it, I'll pay. Everybody calm down, I'll pay. That's a contract because he gave something up. He gave up being able to press charges against you. Don't be agreeing to pay if you're not going to pay later. That's an agreement that everybody reached that night. That's how the police didn't end up arresting people at 2 in the morning who are fighting and scratching up cars, which apparently is something you didn't want. You didn't want that police to make that arrest, either on you or on him, probably on him. You didn't want that because that's why you offer to pay. No, 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 everybody calm down, I'll pay. That's why you do that. So he gave something up and you got something in return. And the something in return that you got was not making things escalate anymore with the boyfriend who was dumping you, okay? Or, I mean, sorry, with the boyfriend who you had dumped, I guess. All right, folks. I don't see that ever now, that. we've got him. You actually went ahead and took care of it, right? Yes, ma'am. And you've submitted to me the bill for the cost that you paid to repair the car, which actually was kind of really reasonable, was $340.51. And apparently, see, I, if you had paid that, because that's what he wanted you to pay, he was just going to make do while they fixed his car. And then, because I, I don't know that he actually presented the, did you originally present the rental car bill to her, or did you just say, just pay the 840.51, Mr. Ellis? I told her to pay 840, and then I thought about it, I'm like, why should I also pay for the car rental? I never, I, I never put myself in this situation. It was her and the boyfriend who was fighting. That makes no sense. Why should I also pay for my car rental fees? So I said the car rental fee should also be included with the bill. This is not fair. Right. Now, I, when I did, did you say wrong. that? Did you bystander. say that when she... I got it, and you're going to get the money. Here is my question to you. When did you tell her pay the $399 also? From the beginning or later? Uh, after she wouldn't sign the contract, I said I sent her That's the it. bill. That's it. All right. And, then... and here's the thing. Stop. That's all I wanted to know. You see, you could have gotten away with paying only the 840.51, which you thought was too high, but it really isn't. And you don't get to pick where he fixes his car. He's the innocent bystander in all this. So you could have gotten away with paying only that because he was going to kind of make do and he wasn't really looking. But he's right. He's also entitled to the rental car. Why should he be out 400 bucks? Because a car had to be fixed. And I know he's not blowing that up because he actually already paid the rental company and he has the bill. So I'm ordering you to pay him exactly what he's asking for, the $1,240.26, not because you keyed his car, but because that is the agreement you reached that night so that no one would end up getting arrested. $1,240.26, verdict for the plaintiff, plus, of course, your court costs. Good luck, folks. Thank you. All right, well, the judge finds for the plaintiff he's going to get the $1,240. The defendant obviously was very upset. She has flown the coop. She's gone. Mr. Ellis, what do you think about the judge's decision? I think it was accurate, and I'm happy with the verdict. Justice has been served. Okay, very good. I'm sure you, I, I knew you'd feel that way. Justice has been served. No, no question about it. All right, you're going to get the money then. $1,240, everything you sued for. And with that, let's yes, join sir. the judges now for another session of After the Verdict. Marilyn, when two parties get into an, an incident like this where the police are called, probably you should think long and hard before you just say, ah, you guys can go. We'll, we have this all worked out and we'll straighten it out between each other. 
Right. Well, and, and I think it's more than that. I think in order to get them to go and not arrest anybody, right. you say, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of everything. We've all got it worked out. Well, everybody's going to say that, right? I mean, if, you're, times, if you're on the yeah. wrong end of it, you're going to say, no, no, we can work this out, right? But uh, collecting can turn out to be a different thing entirely. Yeah. And certainly this car was a brand new car. It was scratched pretty badly. And when you do something wrong, you don't dictate the terms of how they get their medical treatment, where they take their car, how they get their things fixed. You don't have to take the car to Fast Eddie's Auto Repair where the guy says, well, I'll paint any car for $250. Right, <laughs> right. right. It's not like it's that. It's not about saving you money. Right. Um, and of course, the plaintiff can't be unreasonable either. He can't decide he wants a you know, $20,000 paint job, but right. he wasn't unreasonable. It was super reasonable. Right. And she stands in the position of the tortfeasor, even if she's not the person who scratched the car, because she right. took the responsibility and she got something in return, which is she didn't want anybody arrested that night. Exactly. She, I guess, gets some modicum of peace between her and her ex-boyfriend over the yeah. whole thing, whatever it is. And she can but go sue her ex-boyfriend exactly. if she likes. She has an action against him. Sure. To compensate her for the money that she's paid out if sure. she, in fact, is the one who really caused it and made the scratch. Victor from Maine wants to know, I just bought my first used car and the thing died two days later. Is there anything I can do to get my money back from the used car guy? Unless you can prove fraud, I got to tell you, you buy it as is, you know the saying, you pays your money, you takes your chances. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Susan Atkinson. She says she rented what she thought was going to be an oceanfront air-conditioned room in the defendant's house. But when she arrived, she was informed her room wasn't ready because the former tenants refused to leave. She was given a small, dirty room with no air conditioning. The place was infested with rats. And after 12 days, she up and left. She did not get what she paid for. The defendant pulled a real switcheroo on her. And she's here suing for the $3,800.26. She's owed. This is the defendant, Joy Wood. She says she rents out rooms in her wonderful house overlooking the ocean and was contacted by the plaintiff. The plaintiff seemed very happy when she arrived a few days earlier than agreed upon, so she gave her a different room and everything was fine. Then, one day, two weeks later, the plaintiff just vacated without even telling her. Why should she return her money? She left of her own volition and she feels she owes nothing. She's accused of lousy landlording. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says she moved into the defendant's house. Turns out it was infested with rats. Yuck. Well, the defendant says the plaintiff arrived a few days earlier than expected, so she temporarily had to give her another room. And yes, there was one rat who got in. It's the case of you dirty rat. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Ms. Atkinson. Yes. You decided that you wanted to come down from, where is it, North Carolina? Yes. And you decided that you wanted to spend some time in the Florida Keys. You find Ms. Wood's rental on what venue? Where do you find it? Craigslist? On what? No, uh, for mutual friends of hers and mine. Joy oh. and I didn't know each other, but mutual friends suggested that I go there because I didn't get my house that I had last year in Venture Out. Okay, so you decide to go down there, and how long were you going to spend down in, in Kajo Key? February and March. All right. Um, and so, Ms. Wood, you own a house with how many bedrooms? Four bedrooms. 
and you have taken to renting the rooms out um, because it's something you enjoy. It gives you an extra income, and uh, and then you have some company. So you had some tenants there before she gets there that were a bit of a problem, correct? Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, the first was a really good friend of a good friend. I have a Navy SEAL friend who's really helped me a lot before the hurricane and done things. He, he came and started living in my house last summer, and he had a little bit of a drinking problem, but kind of kept things together pretty good enough to do some work. He was working and paying his rent. And then in just before September, this same Navy SEAL friend had met a mother and her daughter in Key West. The mother was a rider, and the daughter is on the Asperger spectrum, and they have a service dog, and that I like to help writers and artists. Are they the ones who became? Are they the ones who became the problem tenants? Yep, they became the squatters. Because in the beginning, she was going to pay squatters me squatters because rent. did they did they stop paying you rent? Yes, I finally tried to evict them, and they were going to be out December 31st, but they weren't. So then I had to go back to court and do a more formal eviction where I had to pay a bunch of money, and then they were going to be out. That, that's um, actually called the eviction. That's when you've actually started the eviction, when you pay the money, pay the sheriff, start the yeah. court case. So right. that begins in January, and did you eventually get them out, or do they still live there? No, no, they, they finally left at March. I mean, they had to be out at 7 p.m. one day, and they were out at 6.59 that day before the sheriff would have come. Because before the sheriffs would drag them out by the hair. Okay, yeah. All right, right. so now, and Ms. Atkinson, let me ask you. You were supposed back. to be going down. Hold on, Ms. Wood. Ms. Atkinson, so you go down there, you're going to pay $500 a month, which is a pretty good deal for a house that's, you're yeah. right on the water. You're very, I got to say, I'm looking at you remotely in your home and the whole thing's very bloodline to me. It looks it, like that show. It's, uh, you know, all the dark wood, the old Florida. It's got to have that feel where the breezes are coming. And I just, I know the keys very well. And I just have this feel looking at you and where you are right now, that that's what you're selling to other people. And that's what you're enjoying in your home. Am I right? Yes. All right, but she rented a particular room, correct, Miss Atkinson? And when did you first learn that you weren't going to get the room you rented? When I pulled in her driveway and went in there. Okay, Ms. Wood, when did you first tell Ms. Atkinson that she wasn't going to get the room that she rented? I told her when she called me a day early and said she was on the way, I told her that she was not going to be able to be in the room she was planning to, but that I had another room available for her. I still need to do a little cleaning. Okay, Ms. Wood, here's the now. question I have for you. Why is it that you wait until she calls you the day before to tell her, hey, listen, before you drive down from North Carolina, I got to tell you, they haven't left. You know it for weeks and weeks. So why aren't you informing her of this before she comes down so that she can make a decision? about whether or not she wants to rent the different room. Why is it a surprise when she's in your driveway? I think I told her that I expected them to be out. I completely expect them yes, to be out. Yes, darling, but you know they're not out. That's right. So if things change and they weren't out, then it was time for you to call the person you had a contract with and say, listen, don't come down here because I can't rent you that room. They've never left. They were supposed to leave the end of December, and it is now the end of January. I know they haven't left, and so I'm telling you, don't come down because I can't rent you the room. But, lady, I got this other room. Do you want this other room? Now, Ms. Atkinson, what is the problem with the other room that you ended up getting? It didn't have air conditioning. 
She said it had a double bed. Oh, goodness. She got you really don't have to go any further past it didn't have air conditioning. Ms. Wood, why wouldn't it be something that bothers someone from North Carolina especially if it doesn't have air conditioning? Well, it actually has a room air conditioner we could have put up. However, I looked at my text. And it doesn't, her. does it? It was 52 degrees here. I was getting out blankets for her to have in her room. January, it is not hot in the Florida Keys. But if she Okay, let me tell you what's not going to happen. You're not going to tell me how hot it is in the Florida Keys in January. Because I spend a lot of time in the Florida Keys. So, yes, it is not miserable and death-defying like it is in August. And, yes, you could catch a wonderful breeze. But you know who that's not up to? You and I. It's up to the person who rented the room who thought she'd have an AC. All right. So, anyway, but you come down, and let me tell you what doesn't happen, Ms. Atkinson. You don't leave. And I know it's hard because you've driven down, you're in a car, you have all your belongings, and you have a, a, your service animal with you, right, your pet. So... You decide, okay, let me try to make the best of it. And according to you, you look for other places in the Keys. And of course, you're not going to find a room for $500 in the Keys in February when all the snowbirds are here. So what is it that you do? You end up trying to make the best of it. Tell me how the best of it worked out for you. Well, um, it wasn't clean. The kitchen uh, was not clean. And Joy told me, if you don't, if you don't buy the palm olive and stuff, they, they won't wash the dishes. There are ants and... and uh, Worst of all, there were three, two thirty in the morning. There was uh, rats in the room where Ladybug and I were. The dogs, Ladybug, where I was, and she started chasing them and barking and and uh, so that um, I went down in my van, grabbed my dog, and it was it it was a thumping noise. You know, I didn't see the rat. I saw my rat terrier chasing it. I take her downstairs and I text you and I said, listen. Ladybug's going crazy because there's rats. And she, and she told me, she said, maybe your dog barking will make it get out. And I said, that's not what I wanted to hear. So um, eventually she that said... That maybe your one. dog barking would scare the rats? Now, did the rats do any damage? Uh, yeah. What'd they do? The Here's a picture you sent me of your cooler. These are the... The rats end up eating through that? Why do you have... Did you draw that picture of... Oh, there's rats... You got a little picture of rat, and you got a little picture of an ant. Tell me about the ant problem. Well, the rat mm -hmm. that did this cooler was in the living room because my cooler was downstairs at the time. And mm -hmm. the rats in the room just were running around and thumping, and I didn't want to be in a room to sleep with rats. So when I came downstairs... Did you end up actually morning, sleeping in your van? For a little while in the front seat, then she told me, you can come back in. I killed one. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, All right. Um, tell me about the ant problem. Okay. Um, she uh, asked me to get her mail. So I go get the mail, and uh, I had all mine forwarded. And I had IRS stuff mm -hmm. and all. So I go get the mail, and Ladybug scree screeched. And I brought her in, and I said, Ladybug, um, her paw's all swollen and red. So... I ended up taking her to the vet. Oh, she said they're fire. It's a, well, the vet said it's a fire ant bite, a fire ant sting. So I ended up taking her to the vet. Right. Uh, the one uh, but, the and how is that? Can I ask you a question? How is that Miss Wood's fault? 
I mean, they're they're fire ants. They're ants in the outdoors. You know, I mean, you're you know, you're from North well, Carolina. I, it's not like you she don't understand. Could have told me you know. ahead of time. She could have told. Told me you that we're ants. No, you you learn about where you're visiting and moving to. That's silly. Oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. Is that your dog? Yeah. That's a beautiful dog. All right, don't let my dog see that because she's gonna get jealous. Okay, is this you and your dog? Yep. Nothing like the zinc on the nose from the northerners coming down here. Oh, good lord, what am I looking at here? What's this ventriloquist dummy with the bushy eyebrows? What's going on? What's this? What's the ventriloquist when dummy? I, when I got to Joy's, uh, brought a lot of stuff in. I have all kinds of stuff and a guitar. Are you a ventriloquist or you do this for fun? Are you good at it? Do you know how to do it? Do you have the dummy with you? She's in the back room. Listen, I don't get enough fun remotely here. I would really like to hear your dummy. <laughs> I'll be back. Oh. oh my goodness. Okay. Douglas, swear in the dummy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Okay. <clears throat> I have to say, I've never done uh, this one before. Actually, let's let's see. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I... <laughs> Um, Raise the dummy's right hand. Please. <laughs> All right, you, you sure about this, Your Honor? Here we go. I am. I've never been more sure. <laughs> you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. I do. Your Honor? You said I do. Could you hear? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. What was the dummy's name? Katie Doll. Katie, what was it like living there? I was scared. Why? What made you scared? Because they kept getting thrown around, like just get in the van, get in the, get in the room, and the racks. Why were, you ha hmm. Why were you having to go from the van to the room and to the van to the room? What was causing that to happen? Because somebody might steal me. Oh. So let me ask you, did you sustain some kind of injury when that happened? Yeah, my left eye. What happened to it? It's a little droopy. <laughs> That's what happened to it. It got hit. It got somehow hit in the putting me here, putting me there, and then I. Okay. Um, but who was carrying you when it got hit? Suzanne. Okay. All right. Um, she looked stress. She was under a lot of stress. Okay. Did you ever get bit by the rats or the ants? No. Okay. We're good. Okay. I'd like to speak to Suzanne now. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Ms. Atkinson, at the end of your tenancy, after the 11 days, you couldn't take it anymore because, according to you, the tenants were out of control. What was wrong with the tenants? Besides Ms. Ms. Wood pointing out to you that they would steal anything that wasn't nailed down, according to you, did they actually steal your stuff? Yeah, I'd buy food and they would eat it. They would eat your food? Did they, and, did they uh, ask you permission or did they tell you they were going to eat it or they would just no. eat it behind your back and deny it? All right. It's um, gone. And, okay. And Joyce said um, it was them that, that they would do that. Okay. Did you ever see them do that? Yeah, I did. When I came down to the kitchen, I see them eating something. But there were sometimes I would give, I would buy some, something like not organic that isn't expensive and say, here, you guys can have some food. But that was after mine was missing. I figured that would kind of soothe their need for food. Well, oh, it's not really your place to have to soothe their need for food. You end up leaving because you can't stand it. And I know you can't stand it because you actually ended up leaving. So it's, uh, you do that on the 11th and you say to her, I want my money back. 
And what does she do? Does she give you back your $500? No. She, uh... All right. Now, Ms. Wood, let me ask you a question. You know that what you sold her is not what you delivered, that you didn't even tell her until she was almost at your doorstep that, hey, it's going to be a different... According to her, you didn't even tell her until she was at your doorstep. You knew that those people didn't leave the month before. You never call her. You wait for her to call you the day before and tell her, ah, I got a different room for me. You'll be fine. And then she's so miserable because you keep telling her they're going to steal your food, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, that she... And plus, you have a rat-infested place, okay? Um, tell me, is she making up the rat issue or is there a rat issue? Because there's often a rat issue by the water. I know that. I'm not naive. But is there... Are there... There is a rat. Okay, perfect. So if you know all that, why isn't it fair that you return, if not all, at least most of her money? Well, first of all, I had told her earlier that I wasn't sure which room she would end up in because of the changes that were happening. I told her that in January. I'm going to need you to I'm going to need you to prove that. Prove to me that you did that. Well, I've got text messages, but I don't remember if it was in a text message, but I know Yeah. Okay, well, here's how it works. You can't as a litigant look at the judge and then tell them, "Oh, don't worry about what it is you're basing your ruling on, judge." Because uh, I told her. You can't do that. you got to show me proof that you told her. If you're going to alter a verbal contract, show me the proof that you did. Show me a text. Show me an email. I've been through all the evidence. I know you haven't submitted anything like that. So, And I know she's upset about the lack of AC. But let's put aside the room issue. Let's just talk about you've been trying to remove people who you say are a problem, who you say steal, and you have a rat problem. Why is this not, in your eyes, sufficient to return some or all of her money until you get your house in order? Well, I put her in the nicest room in the house. It didn't have the best view, but it was a really big, beautiful room. There was air conditioning available if she needed it. It was on the second floor, not the third floor. She didn't have to carry her dog or get the dog up some of these stairs or carry all Ms. the Ms. Wood, I think that what we have here is, um, is a failure to communicate, not only between you and Ms. Atkinson, but between you and I. You seem to think okay. that you are the arbiter of who rents what. Don't complain because this is better. That is opinion. I'm here only <laughs> to enforce contracts, not opinion. So it's not up to you to say, well, the, the view's not as good, but the breeze is better and it's bigger. Those are things that are important to you. If they're not important to the person who booked the room, then you don't get to use those as a defense. All right, folks, I've looked through all of the evidence and here is how I'm gonna rule. I have a situation where you rent out one room and then you give her another and you feel like she shouldn't complain because you think that room's better. That's not up to you. That's not what a contract is. A contract is an offer and an acceptance, an agreement between two people that things are going to go a certain way. And one side can't unilaterally change that and then pretend that everything's going to be okay. Normally, when somebody stays half the month, I would tell them, well, you know what, You're, you stayed, so you got to owe half the month. But this is a situation where not only did she get the wrong room, not only were there rats, not only were there people you were telling her steal her food, uh, but much, much more importantly, the lady had to drive all the way from North Carolina without you warning her 
that these problems were going to continue. So in this case, I think she's right. I think you owe her the full 500. I'm not going to turn, because you're angry at her, a $500 case into a 4,000 or whatever it is you're asking for. I forget because it's so silly every time I read it, you know, where you've got these receipts for everything. My Pop-Tarts were stolen. Everything I bought was stolen. That's not how we prove up a case in court. But I agree with you that you should have gotten your $500 back. My verdict in this case is for the plaintiff in the amount of $500. So the plaintiff prevails. She gets her $500 back. Ms. Wood, who's the defendant, Ms. Wood, let me ask you, how do you feel about this? What do you think? Well, I wish I'd gotten my text messages sent to the judge because I had told her in December I didn't know which room she'd really be able to have. You know, a lot of people coming would not want to stay anywhere where there are rats in the rooms. Had you warned her there might be rats in the room? I don't remember. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it does happen, but it's not something. I think once I knew there were some, I probably told her. And I've, I've got lots of rat traps around, and I had to be careful where I put them because I didn't want her dog to get in the rat trap. <laughs> You're too much. All right, Ms. Wood, sorry about that. you got to give her the money back. Thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Atkinson, I guess you're feeling pretty good about this. I know you were suing for $3,800. You're, you're going to get your 500 back, but that's all you're going to get. Are you okay with that? Um, I respect whatever the judge's decision was. So I'm just uh, privileged and honored that the People's Court is here for us. Well, listen, congratulations to you, and uh, I hope things go well for you from now on. Thank you so much. That'll wrap it up for this case. Now it's time for another session of After the Verdict. Well, uh, I don't really even know where to start. There was some bombshell testimony in this case <laughs> from Katie Dahl, who really, I think, carried the day. She came across as a little wooden, but, but really, that, you, you, couldn't, you can't deny that that was compelling. Uh, compelling, compelling, right? compelling testimony. Uh, but never look, contradicted herself. No, uh, no. You know. Never blinked. Didn't look <laughs> like it. Never. <laughs> didn't look like anybody was giving, was coaching her. No, nah, not <laughs> a bit. Not a bit. But hey, at the at uh, the end of the day, in a case like this, it's a basic contract dispute. And when you negotiate with somebody to provide a room like this, you have a bargain for exchange, and you're supposed to provide that room in a habitable condition absolutely. in exchange for the cash. And this probably was not a habitable. Uh, situation. No, not between, um, I, you know, between the rats and the right. and the, the other people living there and everything she's else. She's sleeping in the car some nights. I don't know if she slept there the whole night. I think right. she went to the car, and then when, when Ms. Wood whacked the rat, I, you know, right. I got to tell you, I loved both of them. <laughs> My particular Ms. Wood is what we call a Janet Reno Floridian. Yes, um, old school Floridian. Old school, hardy, like yes. stuff doesn't scare, she doesn't no. scare easily. No, I could see her killing a rat. Yeah. I can All see right. her whacking a rat <laughs> and uh, saying, come back in, I whacked it, and everything's fine. Um, Interesting, there were rats in the house. Every, nobody really disputes that, that rats got in, they chewed on things, etc. Many years ago, when I lived in Boston as a young man, I was working as a waiter, uh, I lived in an apartment that got infested by rats because it was right next to the subway stop at Fenway Park, and they just they ran out of money in the budget for rat poison or something, so they got into our apartment, and we were unfortunately having to kill them with hockey sticks and things like that to just keep them under control. But one day, finally, the rat man came, and he gave me a little lesson in, lat in rat lore. And he said, a rat can climb straight up a brick wall of a building up to like two or three stories. A rat has teeth that are 
harder than steel and can chew through steel. They can get through a space the size of a coin, like, like you know, a half dollar. Uh, they're just amazing animals. We just don't want to have them in our kitchen. Yeah, I want them in the kitchen. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, but uh, at that the end fire of ants outside, that's certainly not on the landlord, right. but controlling a rat population inside. And it really doesn't mean that anybody's filthy or anything else. When you're by the water, it right. can be a pro you know, that's, that's, there are a lot of rats, it's not your fault. But you do need to do something that's effective to keep them from the house. Yeah, look, a rat free apartment, I think, is one pretty of the, basic. One of the basic components <laughs> of a rental. Barney from Vegas wants to know how long have you and Doug Llewellyn been working together at the People's Court? Wow, I got to tell you, during the first run of People's Court, I knew Doug for the 12 years of the run. Um, and, you know, we talked from time to time afterwards, and now he's joined us again. Doug Llewellyn is just one of the great people I know, one of the nicest guys, and nice to this day. <laughs>